swag And welcome to another episode of the Sartorial Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance. Coming at you again one more time, and we have a very special show for you today, so let's get right into it with our weekly download. Now, I know that everyone listening to this is very tired of me talking about the uh, benefits and joys of having Xbox Game Pass, but one of the biggest reasons is to discover games that literally I would never have played before and that is one of the awesome things about the service and whether you're paying for it or not paying for it now I think next podcast I'll talk to you about how to get game pass for the lowest possible price aka free 99 on a given month but one of the games that I've recently discovered is a little game called Rain on Your Parade, and it is created by Unbound Creations. It's created and published by them. And you'll find this not only on the Xbox platforms, but also on the PS4 and 5. Again, I assume it's backwards compatible. I know that situation is a little bit dicey sometimes. Also on the Nintendo Switch. And it's a great little indie game. And it's one of the things I think I really liked about Game Pass. Not so much for the AAA games that are found there. But more so because of the indie games that I'm able to find and to play and just have some fun with. And there are a couple different indie games that I'm playing at the moment. I talked about Tourist a little while ago and like one or two others. I kind of dip my toe in and out of every now and again. But Rain on Your Parade is a really imaginative game. In this game, you are literally playing as a cloud and it is your job to go from stage to stage to check off all the objectives by raining on uh, various uh, objectives whether it's people whether you have to rust uh, farm equipment uh, whether it cause chemical reactions and there's a era of uh, puzzle play as well depending on which level you are on and as you accomplish different procedures a different task you then gain more abilities more skills more uh, water holding capacities also in many cases a water management game because you in some stages you have a certain amount of water that you have to accomplish all of your tasks so you can't just go rain and downpour in every single thing because you'll be out of water very 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 quickly now, this game retails normally for $14.99. Now, if you're buying this game retail flat out, I'm pretty sure it's just all digital. It's probably not a physical edition, but if there is, snap it up. This is well worth the $14.99, regardless of whatever platform you're playing on. it. It is a fun game, and there are not too many games where on the title screen, you literally get to wreck havoc. You get to rain on the little figures of the day, destroy the start reset or start button, and the other buttons are there. I forget the moment. In addition to destroy any of the other uh, physical items that are there on the screen while you're waiting to start the game. It is really, really a fun little treasure of a game. Now, again, if you have Game Pass, it is quote unquote free to play uh, as long as it's on Game Pass. Uh, if you're not, if you just want to buy it outright, like I said, it's only $14.99 and it is a game that is well worth the money. So that is my pick for the download this week. Rain on your parade, $14.99, and you're going to find it on every single platform, Switch, Xbox Series systems, Xbox One systems, PS4 and PS5, and more importantly, if you're on Xbox, it is a part of Game Pass, at least on the console. I'm not sure on the PC, but it is well worth your money and your time, regardless of what system you play it on. So that's that for the download, and let's get into Loki. So we just experienced episode six of Loki at the time of this recording. It was yesterday. So by the time you're hearing this, it'll probably be two days ago, or at least time is published. Man, it was a, a slow burn. I, I talked about my opinions in episodes three and four and really love episode five. And then to get to six, six, it was weird because six was a lot of talking. There wasn't a whole lot of action, 
But we got the introduction of Jonathan Majors playing He Who Remains, who, if you've been following with the MCU and all of the uh, sort of business talk of who's playing what, what's coming down the pipe, Jonathan Majors is going to be playing Kang in, excuse me, Kang the Conqueror in the Ant-Man movie. And in this case, he who know, he who remains, excuse me, is a variant of that Kang character. So it's it was very interesting how they brought him in and he was just brilliant. I have to give my kudos to Marvel and their casting directors or casting agents because they have a very big tendency to just pick the absolute perfect people for a role there are not too many people especially main characters in the mcu that you cannot see playing any other role now or i should say you can't see anybody playing that role outside of them and just the way he played it in this one episode i'm like okay i am dying to see how they evolve this character how he plays other variants of this character if we see any more before we get to the variant that is Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man and I really honestly think we're probably going to see some variants of the Nathaniel Richards character popping up over the next few Marvel movies and series for that matter before Ant-Man because Ant-Man doesn't come out until 2023. So we have all the rest of 21 and all the rest of 22 before we actually see Kang the Conqueror. So I refuse to believe that we're not going to get some seeds planted in the upcoming films, whether it's direct seeds planted in those films or they're going to be uh, mid-credit or in-credit scenes that are tacked on to those films and series. I believe Hawkeye is coming out uh, soon. I think that's this year. I'm not entirely sure. If not, it's next year. But we definitely have uh, Shang-Chi and Eternals, and it's you know pretty much a foregone conclusion that this whole multiverse thing is going to be a big part of Spider-Man Far From Home and then of course the beginning of next year uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness so we're definitely going to get seeds of that in those films but even with Doctor Strange I believe Doctor Strange is early in 2021 you still have you know, many, many months before we get to that actual full-fledged appearance of Kang the Conqueror, at least that we know of, in Ant-Man and um, Ant-Man 3, I forget the title, Quantum Mania, something to that expect, um, to that extent, excuse me. So, that's that. Uh, one of the things that I felt like Sylvie grew as a character, but not enough. Uh, it's one of those things where you see Tom Hiddleston and you, you actually saw through the course of that series him grow into the Loki that we really knew when he ultimately was killed by Thanos in Endgame, excuse me, Infinity War. So it was one of those things that it was like the same Loki, same character, same sort of arc and character growth and same person as just the circumstances for him to get to that portion were drastically different different because of experiences with the TVA. Sylvie, on the other hand, I was disappointed because you thought that she was having this growth as a character and in the end, she still went with her feelings, her rage, her anger, her need for revenge in order to have that satisfied and putting herself before the greater good of the multiverse and and I was I was disappointed in that of course you know that uh, her not doing what she did in this case spoilers uh, shoving a knife through he who remains allowing the timeline to further branch and thus creating the various multiverses we're going to be dealing with in the MCU over the next few years and then ultimately allowing Kang the Conqueror to emerge from uh, that chaos I was really disappointed. Uh, just the sort of growth that it, she'd been experiencing. Even I hated episode three and four with passion, but at least it got more of her character out there to some degree. And especially with the growth 
last episode, meaning episode five, I was very disappointed to see her just all that was for nothing. Uh, just to see Loki really demonstrate his growth and his understanding. You really had logic versus emotions. And in this case, emotions won. And if anybody here is a uh, fan or consumer of RP content, then, you know, I'm pretty sure there are going to be some content creators that are going to have a field day with the fact that Sylvie chose her emotions over logic and preserving the world in chaos and keeping people safe and preventing a war um, compared to uh, just her feelings and getting a revenge. But there's one thing that's interesting and something I didn't know the first time I watched the episode. I watched it twice. Uh, after Sylvie killed um, He Who Remains, there seemed to be, I thought it was relief at first, when I first watched it, but upon second viewing, it looked more of regret. Like she got what she wanted. Now she regretted it because she understood the consequences of her actions. And I, I like that more, or I like that sense more than the first reaction or impression I got was that she had a sense of relief, but now it's more of a regret uh, with what happens. And then with that ending, with it, I was so heartbroken. I really wanted to see Mobius um, on a jet ski by the time this was over. But to have the timeline change for Mobius to not even know who Loki was, that was even more heartbreaking. So I'm very interested in see how all of this plays out, especially that we have a confirmed season two for Loki. I wonder how they're going to be able to do this or what they're going to do considering when it comes out we have, we have no idea when it comes out but now after the episode dropped there are rumors that Loki is going to appear in Doctor Strange 2 so with this whole build up to Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man you know again that's 2023 when is Loki season 2 going to drop what or how is that going to play into the whole Kang the Conqueror saga it's going to be very very interesting but here are some, some questions that I have from the season finale of Loki 1 as I said before, how many variants of Nathaniel Richards are we going to see before we see Kane the Conqueror? I see with him having so many variants that we can literally drop him into any of the MCU movies that are coming out, even in a brief cameo or like I said before, even a mid or end credit scene uh, would be perfect to set that build up for his eventual uh, debut in Ant-Man Quantumania. Also, where did Renslayer go off to? Uh, Renslayer took a, a time door somewhere. I wonder where she went. And if is she out of time uh, like Loki is? Meaning that because she stepped out into the void, so to speak, before the shift happened, does she still retain all of her memories of everything that happened before like Loki while everyone else's memories have been shifted to the current timeline? Also, what became of Sylvie? Because at the end, Sylvie was still um, in He Who Remains' castle. So that's exactly you know what I wonder in addition to some of the other things I talked about. So how is this going to play out in the MCU for the going forward until 2023 also? Or we can see any other variants as well. So that's all I have for Loki. It was, it's interesting. It is overall a series I think that will be defined more so by how it ended than how the overall series was. I think as an overall series, if you average all six episodes, it was a good, not great series. But those last two episodes really ended things on a high note and gives you, at least gives me, a much higher impression of the series compared to if I was just judging it off of episodes one through four, much in the same way of Falcon and Winter Soldier, even though I loved that and was more engaged in the story from episodes one through six, more so than I was uh, this series. But I think much like Falcon and Winter Soldier, the ending is really what set it 
off. And it's interesting enough, I was making a mention last night that I watched Falcon and Winter Soldier's finale three times. I've watched Loki's finale now two times. I've had no desire to revisit WandaVision. As much as I enjoyed that show in the intrigue, it's one of those things where once the mysteries were revealed, I was done with it. There was nothing to go back to. There was nothing to analyze or look at, especially in that final episode. For me, they were. it was very clear cut what happened, who's where, uh, what's going on, especially with Wanda. And we'll see more of Wanda uh, next year in Doctor Strange. The only question is what's going to happen to the new white vision and i'm assuming we'll see more of him in the future as well so again nothing really for me to go back to and analyze and try to find out there so that is what we have for loki finalizing that so now i have a special treat for you a few days ago I did an interview with uh, William Mapp. William Mapp is in a tech entrepreneur. He's a blurred. He's a stylist guy. Uh, but more importantly, he is a friend of mine, and I've known him for as weird to say 25 years. We sat down on Instagram Live and discussed one of his latest endeavors, Antidote, a new comic that he is publishing through the Asterix Comics imprint, which is owned by his lovely wife. So we sat down to talk about the creative process and how he got or how he went from being just a tech entrepreneur to now a comic creator and publisher. So stay tuned. And after we finish that, we'll be back with our fragrance of the week. This is a crosstalk with Webster Style. I am Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance. I've uh, been doing it for a little bit while now, and it's the first time I'm doing an IG Live. We're calling this Crosstalk with Webster Style, and I am lucky to have uh, someone whom I've been able to call friend for the past 25 years. Yes, 25 years. Uh, we're getting old, William. <laughs> I know, I know. That's, that's been a really long um, time. But William Mapp, like I said, one of my oldest friends, someone who there are not enough words to describe him as far as I'm concerned. He is a entrepreneur. He's a creator. He's just an all around uh, good guy. And we're here today to talk a lot of things, but uh, mostly tech, comics, and style. Will, how you doing today? I'm doing all right. How you doing, E? I'm good, man. I, I can't complain. This, like I said, this is a new endeavor for all of us. Uh, so I wanted to talk to you first and foremost. Okay, so before you came, when I was just talking about my signature center today, which is Zahar's signature for home, what sort of fragrances are you into? <laughs> so uh, my my signature fa- fra- fragrance, the one that everyone, when they smell it, they're like, oh, man, you smell good. It is Voyage by Hermes. And okay. yeah, yeah. It, it it is the one fragrance that is consistently smells good on my body. Winter, summer, spring, and fall. Um, when it, when when I get hugged by the ladies, they're like, "Oh man, you smell great!" And so it <laughs> it just works for me. It just works for me. I understand. I, I'm the same way. I was it was a horror. Is one of those ones where it's such a dumb reach for me, and it <laughs> it works so well. And one of the things I always say on the podcast is that fragrances are intimate. Not so much as far as like somebody's going up on you and trying to give you some, but they are an experience <laughs> unto themselves to each individual. Um, you can have the same fragrance on five different people and it can smell totally different. Now that's and true. also just based on your body chemistry, uh, based on the, the weather, whether in the house, out, it can just, you can pick up different notes. Uh, yes, Harry, you're old too. Um, you can pick up different notes on any given day. That's why I, I love really experimenting and trying on new fragrances all the time. We've been going back to fragrances that I haven't worn in a while because sometimes you wear something like, I don't really feel this. And then you come back a couple months later, it's like, oh man, like why didn't it smell this way the first time? So that's great that, you know, you really have something that really works for you all year round. And I really <laughs> think that's what it's about. It's really just finding the fragrances that work for you mm-hmm. and, you know, just finding, you know, and then people always think, oh, you just, you know, you smell good for other people. No, you smell good for you. <laughs> I'll put these bad boys on for me because this is what I really like. Now we are, we are here to talk about a lot of things, mm-hmm. but 
Uh, first and foremost, we are, one of the things we bonded over a long time ago uh, was just our general love for geekity, geekdom. And I have to say, uh, B-Team for life. Yes, B-Team for life. <laughs> and um, we always love just sort of sci-fi comics. And one of the things you and I have been talking about lately is that you, amongst your many endeavors, um, in addition, you know, of course, with your uh, lovely spouse, uh, Sabrina, uh, you are now entering into the world of comics. What prompted you <laughs> to want to do your own comic? Um, honestly, the the characters that are in the comic have been in my head for a very, very long time, like like 10 plus years. And the, the comic kind of coalesced last year. And, you know, you're, it's COVID and you got a lot of energy that's going around. And I actually wrote um, the Antidote comic um, at the, the, the very first half of 2020. Now, whether or not, you know, I felt the gumption or not to really go ahead and, and go through a forum and publish it, that came a whole lot later. But, you know, the framework and everything was, was early 2020, shortly after the pandemic and stuff started. And I just uh, really took the time out. Um, one of the things that really prompted for this particular character, though, is that around like, after the Gamergate issue, um, I was in a forum on Facebook and there was a bunch of women in this group. And one of the things that they said was like, you know, someone just got doxxed. Who's who's looking out for women and who's going to dox the bad guys doxing all these people? And so uh, when I when that clicked and I was like, I had these characters in my head for so long. And now I have a story that I can start framing around the uh, Martin, <clears throat> the Martinique Danes character with Antidote. And so we'll be, you know, announcing the comic at BlurredCon uh, this weekend. Um, I'm scared as hell. And we'll see what happens with this thing. And, and it'll be it'll be interesting. <laughs> OK, can I show up the cover? Uh, yeah, go ahead. You can show the cover. It's fine. All right, so this is, uh, if you can see it, digital copy of Antidote, which will be debuted this weekend at BlurCon, the ultimate geek family reunion. <laughs> oh, it's going to be insane. It's, it's, well, you know what? This is a year after a hiatus, so we will see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are itching to get out, and I think especially with the, you know, whether you like it or not, it's private entity to do what they want. The vaccine requirements, um, I think people will be, uh, it'll be a sigh of relief and a lot more open to really go out and to enjoy the company of other blurs uh, this weekend uh, compared to some other, you know, just, I don't know about you, I'm still just uh, very hesitant with, being in such large large crowds, but with that sort of requirement, you know, it, it really, uh, you know, you just like, don't have to stress out as much, but you know, you're still going to be masked up. You're still going to, you know, follow all your protocols. You're still going to have your pocket hand sanitizer, yep. you know, never be home without that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting and fun. Yeah. For, for us, you know, we still wear our mask out in public, you know, we, we don't go out, as often, often as we used to still. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, BlurCon is going to be a masked and vaxxed event. Um, and there, I, I think, I think it will be okay. I think it will be okay. Yeah. I, I, one of the things that, you know, you see some people in the area just kind of getting relaxed, but for the most part, a lot of people still wearing their masks. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I have plenty of masks over there in the doorknob, just hanging, waiting for me to go. I keep in the car, hand sanitizer. And, you know, for the most part, even when people are vaccinated, you know, a lot of businesses have signs that if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. I'll still see about 75% of individuals walking in and wearing a mask. And I believe the last statistics were about 70, 75% of the country, at least those who were eligible to be vaccinated, have been vaccinated. So, you know, a lot of those people are still wearing masks now so and especially since you don't hear about cases spiking in this area compared to some other parts of the country yes. um yeah. and things seem to be going you know continue going to downward trajectory it, it it does give a lot of people a sense of ease with going to an event like that so definitely interested in seeing 
uh, how this happened. Now, with the comic and Astra Comics, how did all of that come together? <laughs> so um, Astra Digital is my wife's company. It's a it's okay. a digital marketing company, and and my wife, uh, Hot Sabrina, who who just joined as well, um, she is a tech nerd, you know, digital marketing maven geek herself, and um, she had a vehicle that you know allowed me to actually publish this, and and she allowed me to use the Astrid Comics uh, imprint for the for the actual comic book label or publisher, and. It is her company. <laughs> it's her company. And so I'm making the content. And that's how uh, Astrid Comics came about. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. I think what she's doing is pretty cool. And, you know, she's one of the most, uh, well, she's one of the smartest people I know. And she's a really interesting chick herself. So um, that's how that came about. Okay. Well, if I didn't know her, I would say you just capping because your wife is online, but since I know her, I know that's absolutely correct. <laughs> I mean, if, if anyone is going to cap for, it's going to be me, right? Exactly. That's my <laughs> point. <laughs> um, but that, that's awesome. So you're working for your wife, which is great. Now, I want to bring that back to you are someone who, and again, since I've known you so long, I know a little bit inside baseball, so I'm going to post things out. You are someone, uh, you and our other friend, Jay, are very much the have the entrepreneurial spirit. Um, what has that journey been like over the past, you know, twenty five years? Or so, well, actually, yeah, even twenty five years. You still had the entrepreneurial spirit when we were in <laughs> in college. You know, what has that journey been like for you? Uh, particularly being a blur, not so much uh, just you know like a tech guy, mm -hmm. but a, a blurred really in that space and really being able to utilize that spirit to go into different endeavors, but also just bring your, your vision to life? Um, it's, it's been a wild and crazy ride. I, I tell people all the time, it is always exciting in times good and bad. And, and just like legit is always exciting. Um, for the most part, entrepreneurship has been really good to me. Um, it's allowed me to actually create my own vehicles and pursue my own dreams. Um, people who really know me, they know I have this thing where I want to write my own reality. And, you know, being able to start a company, um, I started, you know, a couple of tech companies, <clears throat> one photography company, and now I'm publishing comics, which is crazy. But um, it allowed me to follow some of my life's pursuits. And at the same time, if I can help people win, if I can help people win and at the same time try to make this place that we live in, Earth, a better place, then I think that's winning for everyone. And I get a kick out of that. Um, I just happen to work in technology, but I feel like technology is a one of those creative mediums where we have a blank screen and we have to produce an application or we have to deliver some new functionality or an app. Um, whereas painters have a blank canvas musicians have a blank staff where they actually have to code um, write their music and then you know sculptors have you know a block of uh, marble that they have to carve something out i still think it's one of those divine things that has art as well as uh, science in it so i get a kick out of it that's awesome man that's one of the things i've, I've always admired about you and uh sabrina as well uh you guys from and it's really strange to you know, near the moment you met. <laughs> so for the most part, so being able to see, you know, your development as a, as a couple, as a power couple, but also um, individuals as well in the sort of pursuits that you have, you guys have embarked in over the, over the years. It's really great. And as a friend, you know, I'm very proud of, of you, Will, and Sabrina, and you guys collectively as well. Now, one of the things about the comment I just thought about, so what sort of, you're, deb you're debuting it at, blurry con but what's going to be your distribution afterwards is it just going to be uh digital is it going to be you going to have print sort of print on demand services how is that going to work and when is that also going to be available for people to purchase so this has been incredibly weird and crazy but you learn new things about industries where you just kind of take for granted um right now we are talking to the retailers uh, the major ones like if you if you bought comic books in washington dc um you know who they are 
Um, we've actually talked to them beforehand about carrying the antidote comment, so you may actually see it on the shelf. We're still working out some of the details in that regard. Um, we are also setting up Comixology, so you can actually download it through that application, um, and then direct digital download as well. Um, we're going to be uh, premiering the comic book um, this weekend at BlurCon, but um, we are planning to release it on New Comic Day on August 4th, um, which is next month. And so this is coming like super, super, super soon. Um, also, what's really cool is that we will be uh, having a Blurred Con special edition of the comic. They are going to allow us to use the two Blurred Con icons and some of their logo. And that, that comic is going to be kind of tight. Um, we're going to be shipping it in 80 pound, uh, matte finish for the cover, um, ultra bright white paper which is kind of cool. And then for uh, the second episodes, we're also going to be releasing a variant cover with foil tinting as well. So there's a whole other part of comic book production that I didn't really uh, know a lot about <laughs> that we're knowing about today. Um, we will be using one of the comic book uh, printing services in the Midwest to actually produce the final product. And so it's, uh, it's going to be nice. This is this is like legit for real, and it's going to be priced at three ninety nine for the the standard issue, and the, the BlurCon special edition will be five ninety nine. Nice, like that's that's a great price, and I'm glad you brought up pre comic because I actually thought about something I thought about before you said it. You know, was going to be anything as you know involved or part of pre comic as far as promotion of antidote. Now, one of the things I want to say, look, just from a price point, you know, you know, I've been in the comics forever. Um, not so avid as a collector as I used to be. A lot of that changed in, you know, grad school. I was really poor and they jumped up to be a lot of money. But I've dabbled back and forth. But one of the things that you hear a lot uh, about comics, especially from mainstream, and I say mainstream, but, you know, the big two Marvel, uh, DC, is that the price of comic books have gotten, you know, extremely expensive. I mean, personally, um, I don't buy many books nowadays. A lot of books I end up buying, I actually uh, Kickstarter, mm -hmm. uh, just supporting um, independent creators. But I bought the uh, Milestone books that just came out. And I think that's the first time I bought a comic in a very long time where I really? paid five bucks. I'm like, oh, this is worth it. Just from the quality and the cardstock cover of the stat. And like, okay, I can see why this book is $5. So for you to say three ninety nine, especially for an independent comic, that is a phenomenal price point for someone just to be able to get in and, and jump on to the story that you are presenting and you want to tell. And I think that's really awesome to allow, you know, really anybody to really in. Because three ninety nine it's I would say that's equivalent to like one twenty five for when we were kids <laughs> and, and growing up. You know, that's like, okay, I could do one twenty five. I'm not doing those two fifty books or whatever right. they were back in the day. Right. Well, that coming up to that price point took a lot of fancy footwork, <laughs> but but I can imagine. But economically, we're going to make it happen. We're hoping that you know the special edition uh, comics would actually uh, really be really valid and worth it. Um, the the foil tinting is going to be really really cool, um, and then for episode three, we're looking at something special for you know a special uh, collector's edition copy of that one. So. I don't want to give that one away yet, but we're looking at a different printing technique for that one. Okay, now you talk about three episodes. Do you have a, a projected timetable for when episodes two and three will possibly come out? Yeah, so um, as we're an independent comic, and so my illustrators, you know, they only have limited capacity. So we're really targeting right. a quarterly uh, release schedule. Um, it's not unheard of for a comic like ours for it's coming out. Um, it makes me a little bit nervous, honestly, because typically when I when I buy my books, they're coming out monthly. You know, I'm a I'm a big fan of the Die series, so I'm always looking forward to that new that new issue. Um, but for where we are today, that will work out. If y'all go out and actually purchase this comic book, then we can actually get to a better schedule. <laughs> um, the reason why the first three are already planned is that uh, Martinique's uh, storyline has a three-story arc um, for this first inaugural uh, episode. And so Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, Episode 1, Episode 2, Episode 3. Awesome. I, I will say this to you, and this is, um, I know I'm probably the choir, but people like me are the ones that will continue to, to purchase uh, books like yours or independent books. 
uh, one of my favorite books of the past few years is Crossing from Rich Salomedio, who um, yes, yes. Bishop Cosplay. Yes. So yes. And, and, yes. And, and Reef is pretty awesome. Every time that Kickstarter comes out, I buy it. You know, we've been following with this episode, um, issue five or six, and it's been like two, three years. Yeah, yeah. And Reef is awesome. One. I, every time that Kickstarter comes out, click, because I'm waiting for that story, mm -hmm. because the storytelling art is so good. And again, having it inside baseball, knowing what Antidote is about, and I'll get to that in a second, um, I think that's one of those stories that people are really interested, especially, yes, you want a worldwide, but if you're, you know, you're in that political mindset, especially the Northern Virginia area, like we are at DMV, pretty sure a lot of people will really gravitate to the storyline that you're weaving in Antidote. They, were, they will come back regardless if it takes two months, six months, or a year between issues. It's one of those <laughs> things where um, good storytelling people keep coming back to. And that's one of the great things about comics. It's, you know, we love the art, but art's great. It's a story that really sells it. And, you know, as men of a certain age as we are, we, we know about, we live through the boom of the 90s and we know just the, the glut of comics that were produced. The art was amazing. We can't, you know, they're like significant storylines you remember, yeah, but, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on now. We lived through Cap Wolf, which wasn't bad, but it's still Cap Wolf, Captain America. Like there's so many stories that were so 90s, so just filler right. that weren't memorable. And those storylines that are memorable that we keep coming back to decades later, like literally if I had it, X-Men Days of Future Past. That, that's, that story no, no, is that, probably... That's, that's an awesome storyline. Like, like exactly. It's like 40 years old now. It's a story that never gets old. Yeah. So it's, you know, even though you had great artwork uh, by John Byrne yeah, oh, yeah. and Chris Claremont writing, but that writing really gets you coming back in the way Chris, Chris Claremont told that story. So that always will bring a reader back. Hey, hey, hey. I still like Liefeld, okay? Bishop Cross, <laughs> Crossplay. <laughs> I like him and Nessia's run with X Force again. Okay, hey, we ain't getting all that, but but yeah, I, I say you know you put out a quality product and and they will come. And I, I think from what I've read thus far, I think you have something on your hands that will that's really something that will be accessible to a wide variety of people and it really be interesting to them. Now, now I talked about that since I know about it. Could you tell the people what? You know, give them a basic synopsis of what Antidote is about. All right. So so the one thing that I really wanted to do with Antidote is that it is a DC comic. Like, it is legit a DC comic. We, we spent a lot of time. For instance, there's a great, one of the few opening panels, we actually got a really great shot of the Air and Space Museum while it was being renovated. Like, <laughs> like my illustrators had gotten the tarp on the Air and Space Museum because it was current. Um, so it is a DC comic. Um, the the one thing that if you are from DC or if you from if you watch the national news, you will see intrigue in this comic. You will see politics in this comic. You will see power plays in this comic. Um, the the one thing that my wife likes to say is that you know DC is a place, and is this a family show? Is this is this a family show or is this a eighteen sixteen plus like what grown folk grown folk? So the one yes. thing that you know Sabrina says is that DC is a place where power, politics, and pussy all kind of converge. And so, you know, we found out that shenanigans can bring down administrations that cause people to get impeached. If you've lived here for enough years, you've seen news articles where um, people got mixed up into things that you would not have suspected. Um, politicals have gotten taken down in Washington, D.C. for shenanigans. And so you're going to see a lot of that back and forth. Um, we're going to examine you know, like how D.C. has this weird social construct where we have rich people, poor people, and everyone's trying to redefine themselves all the time, you know, to be something new in this town. It's a small town, but, you know, once you throw all the people in from around the world, it is, it is really a great city that's rife with stories, and we're going to capture that in Antidote. Um, you're going to, you can see it on the cover as a tease, but uh, this first issue starts out with a leaked top secret document. You know, and so like that, that is classic DC, um, and the interplay is going to be classic DC when you read it. That's awesome. Like I said, from being living in a DC area, you know, like all, already had me hooked, and I think 
you know, outside of the, I guess, I want to say the vice, but the viciousness of our politics at times, there is something about a good political thriller. You know, you have movies like The Manchurian Candidate and things like good that, lady. All the President's Men, who, who have, you know, regardless if it's the original or the remake, in the case of The Manchurian Candidate, you know, these are movies that people continue to gravitate to. There are themes there that, regardless of what part of the country you are from, that you can get into. And everybody loves to get spy thriller. You know, and I think Antidote can really uh, give individuals what they want. And, and me personally, that's one of the things I love about comics as a medium. Um, and it's something, you know, as the kids, we did not see as much. Well, I say that kids, but as, as younger adults, uh, high school, college, uh, really, I think image in their creation, and that's what their creation, but their expansion uh, really pushed a lot of those non-superhero comics to the forefront and really brought companies like Dark Horse to like, even though Dark Horse had been there for a while. Mm -hmm. And I say all that to say comics is just an awesome media to really explore different topics. It's not just about sci-fi. It's not just about your superheroes. You know, there are great comics out there that really deal with incredible, even the supernatural, again, bring it back to the crossing. That is definitely not your average comic book and uh with that and then the antidote where you have that that intrigue that political intrigue that dc flair well washington dc play you know that's comic is such a perfect medium for that yeah and then and also if you're catching it you know we did drop a pop culture reference to all the president's men and so, <laughs> and so it, it, it is a dc book that's awesome. That's awesome. So that's about, um, no, when it's digital, mm -hmm. um, you say comiXology print are, how about asterixcomics.com would be available there for download or yeah. any other getting, sites digitally? Yeah, we're getting our act together and it will be available via di direct digital da download on asterixcomics.com. Uh, um, but, you know, we, we are really pushing the other distribution mediums as well. We're trying to get like a really great and wide audience um, for this. Um, and, and if I can, like I have to give a shout out to my illustrators, uh, Patrick and Melissa Magia. They, I've been working with them for a really long time and uh, collaborated with them on video games. And so I'm really excited that um, we're doing this in a different medium uh, today. So I just had to, I just had to give that, that shout out to them. Well, I was actually going to ask you about, you know, where did you find your illustrators at? So I love, <laughs> it's weird, like when I read the initial script, it's not necessarily art style I, I vision in my head, not saying it's a good or a bad thing, but, you know, when you read a script, you have a vision of everything in your head. And I saw the book, I'm like, okay, I like this. I, I like the way that is done. I like the storytelling that the art does to go along with the words as, as well. Uh, so I was like, okay, all right, where these, you know, where these illustrators come from? So you've been working with them for years. That's that's great. You know, it's one of the things I love about this, especially, you know, I'm not an entrepreneur, but one of the things that in my career um, is that I've been able to, one second, not necessarily entrepreneur, but that's not my main life. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I've, I've learned and just even starting uh, with our core group from, from back in the day, it's really all about networking and building those bonds and relationships. And you continue to build those bonds and, and foster those relationships going forward. And you never know when you end up working with someone or need someone's expertise uh, to for a product that you have. So at the end of the day, we all get some coins from it. Yeah, you, you have no idea how many illustrators I burned through back in the day, but um, they know my brand are crazy right now and they can translate the things that are in my mind or on the page into some pretty awesome artwork. Um, we spent a lot of time on getting the texture right and skin tones and trying to do character studies on people. And so it's taken, <clears throat> it's taken a long time to get here, but I think they've done really, really great work. Oh, so I'm looking forward to seeing the actual printed edition and, and to purchasing one and, you know, getting signed and so on and so forth. Cause I, I really, I love that aspect about independent comics, really being able to get to know the creators. Not saying you can't do that at cons with, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to meet some of my, my favorite 
artists and writers over the years by going to cons. And, you know, they are real regular people uh, as well. I met uh, Dennis Cohen a couple of years ago at the uh, milestone opening ahead of the uh, former Jeffrey comic book world. And that's probably my highlight ever because he is someone who, as a creator, I have loved him since middle school, since he did Deathlock. So I say all that to say, you know, with independent comics, really being able to talk to the creators, a lot of independent creators I've been able to just befriend and learn and really support them over the years. That's one of the best things about really delving into indie comics to really learn about the creators, what makes them tick and how they got from that idea to the execution of that comic and even a conversation like this all the other behind the scenes stuff as far as publication and distribution and, and promotion and, and seeing what really goes into, you know, really getting a comic from, I had this weird dream last night and I started writing to, Hey mom, I'm a comic book publisher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a wild and crazy story. Um, my, you know what, my favorite, meet i think i met uh greg burnham and marcus williams at blurcon and i still follow their work and i did a thing with greg burnham like last year like late last year and i i think their story is pretty awesome as well like they were independent comics but they had drawn like <clears throat> marcus williams had drawn for other other publishers and then they released their own work and that's also an, an inspiration that you know you can if you can follow through with it and chase it, you know, and and not make yourself crazy, then you can actually go ahead and, and accomplish it. We'll see what happens on the other side with this, though. <laughs> well, I will say, and I, I know just from uh, people, other people that are near and dear and close to me, that uh, being an entrepreneur, there's a lot of long nights, uh, a lot of uh, lost capital uh, trying to recover that. And, you know, unfortunately, time away from the people you love in order to, you know, make things come true. Uh, I will say, though, from the outside looking in, you make it look easy. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's not. Uh, And I I know enough about you to know that it's not. But you make it look easy with the sort of success uh, that you've had over the years and and just the sort of level of support you've been able to garner as well. And just the network you've been able to build is, is, is really uh, a testament to the sort of individual you are, and it's really awesome. Now, with the entrepreneurial um, sort of aspect, you know, is there any sort of advice uh, you would give to any entrepreneurs that may be watching right now about how to further with their businesses and, and get those businesses out into the world? Oh, man, that 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 is a loaded-ass question. Um, <laughs> that's a loaded question. Um Oh, where to begin? Oh, goodness gracious. <clears throat> I think I think the one thing that would make a lot of sense, like if you are an entrepreneur and you're thinking about being for real with your business is to think about how you want to exit from your business when you start that business. Like to seriously think about it. Um, and, and the reason why is because I, I did exit my last company and it, uh, I didn't really plan for that eventuality. It kind of just happened. Um, and I had, <clears throat> I had a successful exit, but it was a crazy year. It was, a, it was the most stressful time of my life. I'm still dealing with some of the fallout from that. And I think if you were to really think through how do you want to exit from your company when you start it, that's probably one of the best pieces of advice I can give anyone. I got a hundred little tidbits I can give you, but the number one, that's that's what I would say. Okay. That's a very uh, interesting choice, but I, Look, I understand. Uh, trust me. Trust I me. very I very much understand why I, that would be I probably can, your number I can, one. I can give you a lot of a lot of other things too in there, but that's that's probably the big one. Um, like keeping track of your finances is good. Habit structure is also very, very good plan and uh, structure all that stuff. But, and uh, also keep people who are close to you and keep them close as long as you can. Like, like pe- have people that will give you feedback. That's honest feedback, but they actually have your, your best interest. It is harder to find those people than you think. And if you can hold on to those people, like keep them close to you. 
Awesome. That's great advice. I think uh, every entrepreneur, it really comes down to people because you're never doing anything by yourself. Yes. Um, regardless of, you know, how it feels at times. And, and I know one thing I've learned as well, really having people whose opinions that you trust and that you know won't just say, yeah, it's great, and just move it along. Um, those are the most valuable people you can ever have in your life, period. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so I, I definitely agree with that. Just even with things that I've done and am doing, just having individuals like yourself who I can bounce ideas out of, off of, and uh, just be able to say, "Is this direction right? If that direction right, how should I change this? How can I change that?" You know, you know, especially again, you particularly, uh, you have a lot of knowledge um, in certain endeavors that I don't. Uh, in addition to other people that may live in my house as well, so I will. Uh, go to them and you for advice for any sort of things that I want to do and just how you do you find those people who, who know more than you or people you just respect and then you just you know keep them around ask them questions and know that they won't will not steal you wrong but there are too many people out here who just will say what they want what you want them to hear what they want you to hear um to basically hop aboard the train I put it that way absolutely my uh the love of my life Will, will tell me off in a moment. And, you know, I had a little episode over the weekend and she caught me on the bathroom floor. And so it was like, you know, you, you're, you're still doing too much. <laughs> yeah, I saw that today. <laughs> I was like, he just needed some time. <laughs> I get it. Oh, man. All right, Will, as always, it has been a pleasure. Is there anything you want to say to people, anything you want to plug before we sign off? Yeah, if you can, um, go ahead now. Well, actually, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Do you want to do any, you know, Q&A? Anybody have any questions or anything before we uh, let Mr. Map go? Oh, like, yeah, ask a bunch of questions. That's fine, too, if you want. <clears throat> but uh, the one thing that I will ask people to do while you're trying to figure out what to ask um, is please follow Astro Comics. We're, we're trying to round that stuff out now. We're going to be doing a, a really big push um, to try to get, you know, the, the comic as well as the imprint in front of as many as people as we can. Um, we've been really focusing on the production aspect over the last several weeks. Um, and that, I could write a whole, like, tell-all novel <laughs> and saga based upon that. Um, so Astro Comics on Instagram, if you're watching this now, just go ahead over there and follow that as well. Um, we'll be posting snippets up. We're making a sizzle reel of the comic for uh, BlurCon as well. So we'll be debuting that. And then uh, AstroComics.com will go live um, when BlurCon actually starts this weekend as well. They'll be going live this Friday. So, And I, I, can't, I can't say enough good things about BlurCon um, for many years we treated BlurCon as our own consumer electronics show. Back in the studio co-works days, we would use BlurCon to announce our games and have demos on site and have the Congors play demos. It was really great for us. And in turn, uh, BlurCon has been a really solid you know, friend. Uh, Hilton's been good to me, and uh, they're allowing us to use this venue to promote the comic. Um, we're doing a BlurCon special edition. Like that's how that's how much uh, we value that partnership with BlurCon. So I can't say enough good things about them. All right. Well, that's awesome, and I'll, I'll leave it there. We don't have any questions. Uh, Will's always thank you for your time. If you are going to BlurCon this weekend, make sure you find uh, Will Matt, find Astro Comics, pick up a copy of Antidote. If you're not going to BlurCon. Make sure you follow Astra Comics on Instagram to find out the latest details about when the comic is being going to be available for sale or in that's just regular edition and collector's edition as well. Yep. Okay. Um, so look for that as well. Also, for your comic book day, they're going to be launching around then. So that's what, about a month from now? It's a no, it is about three weeks. <laughs> okay, three weeks. Okay, I knew it was in May. Just you know, with it's, the pandemic, things are just weird with date shift and everything. So, all right, thank you. Well, appreciate it, man. Take care, and I will see you soon. See you soon. Thank you, everybody, Thanks, for joining us. Now, I want to thank Will again for joining me. Uh, yeah, it's twenty-five years of friendship or something, but I've just and I said it on the uh, show. I'm always just 
so in awe of him and everything he's been able to accomplish. And, you know, as a friend, as a brother, as family, I'm just always immensely proud of him and his lovely wife. Now, one of the things that I also am just flabbergasted by is great customer service. Now, this fragrance of the week is not uh, or was not chosen because of this fact. It was actually chosen before. But I have to mention this since the fragrance of the week is from Royal Bermuda. So if you remember me talking about the uh, sample pack I received for Valentine's Day and how the miniature bottle of the Royal Musk was cracked and I was able to salvage about half the bottle, but, you know, half was gone and it spilled out. Well, representatives from Royal Bermuda or Royal Lime, what have you, they reached out to me and they wanted to make it right because clearly there was a shipping malfunction or something happened because it was like that when it came to the home. And they just asked me, you know, what, you know, what fragrances am I interested in? And I told them, you know, definitely Royal Musk, that's something I like. And also I was interested in their Bay Rum. And I didn't expect anything but maybe another miniature set just to say, you know, no hard feelings. This is a replacement for what you received and call it a day. No. I had a box arrive at my home a few days ago. Not only did they send a four ounce bottle of the Royal Musk, they sent a four ounce bottle of the Bay Rum and a branded tote bag. Now, I am not someone who has thousands of followers. I just have over a thousand. So I don't have a big platform and I, I hate the term influencer. So I will never call myself that because I'm not trying to influence anybody to do anything. All I do is give my experiences and my opinions and allow you to make your own informed decisions especially when it comes to fragrances but i just want to thank the team there at royal bermuda especially brandy who reached out to me that was just i i'm humbled at that gesture and for you to do something like that and i honestly i just expected maybe a miniature set to come by went by my way to just make up for the one that we received that was damaged so many months ago so thank you, Brandy. Thank you, Royal Bermuda, for that wonderful gesture. Now let's get to the fragrance of the week. The fragrance of the week is Royal Lime by Royal Bermuda. You're going to have top notes of lime and citrus, middle notes of clove, and base notes of geranium. Now let me tell you off the bat, I don't get much of the clove or geranium. And maybe I have to go back and wear it another one or two times uh, just to see, really smell what I smell. But that lime and that citrus just, man, it is such a summer scent. Uh, a few weeks ago, the trending topic was your five or five white t-shirt scents. This is definitely one you wear for white t-shirt. It is not a long-lasting scent, maybe three or four hours. But it's one that you won't bother or won't mind reapplying. And it's just one of those ones that's just... Man, it is so fresh. It is such a summer scent. It it really gives you that sense of laying out on the beach, just relaxing. It is such a wonderful scent. One of the things I love so far about the Royal Bermuda line is that even though all of them don't last super duper long, these scents are really, really dope, to use an old school term there. So, especially with them being not super duper expensive, you definitely get your money's worth when it comes to the quality of the ingredients and the quality of the scent. So, that is my fragrance of the week, Royal Lime by Royal Bermuda. And that's going to take us to the end of another show. Again, I have been uh, your host, Webster Style. Feel free to find us on Instagram at Webster Style and Sartuyo Geek. Find us on Twitter at Webster Style. Find us on the web at WebsterStyle.com and always drop us an email info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. Thank you very much as always for your time. Remember, be safe out there and stay blessed. Strong, we can lift them to the sky. The party's on to twirl. We it. got a little time, hey, time, time hey, to get, hey, it on. get it on. And I'm back on the type of pussy on. And after that, take a picture with the phone of the outfit. I'm it, I'm choosing what we on. Now it was Tree Green Tuesday.
Had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be. White Wednesday? Uh, I don't... Well, I know last time... Well, I wore polka dot. You didn't wear... Oh, I million them heels killing on, but I'm sure it's a Thursday. Bowtie Thursday. Pasta cream in your heels looking sharp, Acting like you don't know the rules up in the workplace. Must I remind you it was till on your birthday. Don't get me wrong, I think we killed in the birthdays. And you picked the hell of fit for the church day. Let's say you picked the risk game for it. Killing. Now you got the floor filled with bras that you purchase. Pick a color scheme that can match the very corset. Smoking hot, rocking this pencil, thin tie, hairline, looking like a stencil, pimp, no lie, I'm sharper than a utensil, and stroke, mental, plain dang, homie, I was hoping we could walk out with that bang, bang, honey, see them plain James, honey, them lame friends, honey, we tell it, fit it crazy like I think came on me, hey, momie, look a lady, main thing, want me on the scene, fit, popping like a main vein, running blood, color, lips, smashing with the hand, clutch money, holding bad, kind of funny, can you tell me what's the price I got the range, Rover, Hang on me when we walking, looking Gucci like that thing sprayed on me. Walking with a limp like an ankle sprained on me. Yeah, I rocked the card again. She don't really want me because no one man should have all that style. Take it out, clothes on the floor, pass it. And no one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it up and let me see what's under them scenes. No one man should have all that style. Take it out, clothes on the floor, pass it. And no one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it up and let me see what's under them Oh, you want to say, oh, I completely read that wrong. 